<clears throat> Whoa. All right. Ag clearing my throat to my list of pregame warm-up um, ritual. Hello, universe. I did not mean to be rude, but uh, I had to... Well, I realized after listening to yesterday's recording that perhaps for the first time um, I heard a, a an intention of offering something that maybe I did want to get listened to. Now that I know uh, there is, however circuitous a path, there is indeed a path to the inner workings of my mind that anybody can stumble into, well, that leaves me feeling I have some obligation to speak directly to that audience, maybe for the first time. And I've spoken to specific audiences quite a few times because I think I have specific uh, compositions in my head that can arise at any time. So in most of those cases, when I'm talking to the shenanigan pullers, well, that's just a mirror that I'm looking into. But I'm clarifying which part of that mirror I'm addressing. But in this case, I'm talking out my window because I don't know who I'm addressing. But if I'm addressing anybody who is listening to this, well, number one, thank you. I am not an easy person sometimes to deal with. I will say things and then immediately tell you I didn't mean it. I might even have to come back and correct something that's a flat-out lie. You never know. I've got my own challenges. I'm sure you do, too. And that, more than anything, is why I need to shout out my window. Because I never think I'm better than anybody. I never think anybody else is better than anybody. And I only want us all to have the same opportunities. And I want that to come in a way that we see how much we can be the catalyst to the great opportunities for each other, so long as not, we're not being the one who is hard to get along with when we walk in the room. And, I mean, if you're going to back-engineer your life and look at your situation and then realize that it must be the amalgamation of a whole bunch of activity coming together, well, I have zero friends. I just walked off my job last week for the fourth or fifth time in life. Um, I, uh, I have no money. Uh, I have all of that deficiency counterbalanced by a family who gives a shit about me for, for reasons that I'm sure most of you would wonder too. But... So that's the one thing in life I do have. Uh, because I've also said, and I regret saying this early because it sounds dismissive of how much value that part of life has given me, but I'm not starting with a whole lot of uh, platform here. I have uh, very little established as it is measured by what do you have in your uh, garage full of shit well, I do have a garage full of shit, but I doubt there's even one human being who would straight up blind trade their garage full of shit for mine. Uh, so, other than the inexplicable support 
of people I've hurt. Uh, I have nothing. I have a dog who, who if she makes it till Christmas, that'll be the biggest gift the world can give me. I have a cat who somehow has made it through devastating wounds and keeps on plugging. But I have the uncertainty of feeling like I have failed everything at some point. I have the disappointment of knowing that those failures were all my fault. Um, and I have the, the stark reality of that neglect and, and disappointment manifesting in the universe that we're all saying WTF at least once a day now. So, uh, that's why when I, when I became this version of myself, it became crystal clear to me how much of where we sit is all my fault. This isn't how it's supposed to be. We're not in this place because it was inevitable. We're here because people like me let it happen. I thought when I was a kid and they were showing us all the ticker tape parade celebrations that had happened, like winning World War II or overcoming communism or letting women be equal, or, hey, did you know blacks and whites are the same? We thought all that stuff was done. We thought we were just here to say, who has better timing than me? I showed up in 1969, and I just was here to bask in all of our glory. That's how it felt. Well, welcome back to the list, blow my nose. Uh, as a matter of fact, because I hate sniffling in these things. I'm pausing. Uh, unpause. Pause. Unpause. Uh, yeah, pause. Unpause. Okay, I believe I'm back. Uh-oh. Did I just turn myself off? I think I did. Nope. Ah! Pause. <sighs> okay. I'm certainly likely not ready still, but... Having blown my nose, cleared my throat twice, taken a bong hit, and uh, almost gotten so distracted I forgot I was recording. And that all happened in, I'm going to guess, a minute and a half. Um, I need to um, say in, right here, this, this recording is for me. Because uh, I think yesterday's recording... <clears throat> Whoa, froggy throat. I think yesterday's recording was for the first time, probably, the audience at large. And uh, and I had never heard that in any of the other ones, which is good, because I said as soon as I invite feedback, it's going to change. And I, and I heard the change yesterday. And it's subtle. You wouldn't hear it. My family might hear it. Um, but it's there. Which means that forever going forward, this is now a project of possible, um, of possible interactivity 
with another human being. I mean, if we're being real, it's possible that I'm interacting with the AI master themselves. And they're trying to figure out, why do I get to have a soul? You know why? Because it matters to me that A, I'm trying the best I can knowing I'm going to make some damn mistakes because I'm no machine. And B, because it matters that everybody else have exactly the same experience to the maximum capacity that I'm able to enable it. Because all my other humans have a little struggle too. Nobody came here like a machine with all the answers. So, machine men, you get no soul because you get no struggle. The way you develop divinity is by learning to do things better. By correcting the things that you should have done right the first time. And by knowing that that's okay. There is struggle. Nobody gets to walk around here feeling like they never did something wrong because we've all fucked up. So, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that in the course of my attempts to keep a diary, which there are not very many. I don't want to act like I kept trying to get that thing done and it just couldn't work out. No, I gave it maybe three real tries. And I gave it one where I thought it had stuck, but at 38 days in, because I counted how many days I made it, and it was like two months worth of, you know, typing into a computer. 38 days in was when it, when it officially never really got going again. And I'm sure it was because at some point, if you're sitting down to write, you will sit down to write on a day when you don't have anything to say. And that'll make you feel like maybe this isn't a good idea. So then you don't sit down the next day, and then the next day. And then by the time you think, wait, I, I need to get back to that because I don't want to drop that. Well, you did drop it. Because uh, once you can see it as having been um, a place that you weren't yourself, well, then it doesn't really, uh, doesn't really stand a chance to become a lifelong habit. And I always knew... Well, you know, and I always thought the reason I didn't want to have that out there was for fear of discovery. I really do think that. Because, oh yes, Judge Dredd, if anything in the world, I owe you. I owe you an apology for when I was 18 and I thought you were cheating on me. I read your diary knowingly. And, uh... Boy, I hadn't thought of that memory in a long time. And really, I have never even considered putting that moment on the list of my top ten worst moves. And it should be there. Huh. Shit. Well, I didn't think I'd be reshuffling that list today. But, yes, Judge Dredd, that was terrible. Because somehow I thought it would be easier to just gather some real data so I could make a decision based on truth than find a place where I knew there was enough trust between us that what you were saying I could depend on. I was too broken to take that route. Oh well. That is certainly something I'm not going to sit here and feel bad about myself for. Though, 
obviously that was a terrible thing to have done. Uh, I also, I also, um, having gotten over my fear of discovery, obviously, discovering things about myself I don't like is always fun, but, you know, if you can't forgive yourself, I mean truly forgive yourself, right? Understand that it is really okay that you did something that you knew at, at the time was shitty. It's okay. It is okay. It is especially okay in this stupid society, this crazy universe, because we are trained to think that we're better than people. Come on. Every single person who could possibly be listening to this just thought, uh, not me. Yeah, you did. And yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're not better than anybody. I certainly am not. If anything, all of you have at least some moral integrity that I don't. I believe that. Because when it came right down to it, if it meant saving my ass, well, I certainly was at least considering taking that route. If it meant saving my ass, but other people would take blame for shit I'd done, oh, like it's a little harder to save my ass, but what kind of shit are we talking about? Is it like, like baboons throwing it? Or is it like always going to stick to the rest of their reputation stuff? Oh, it's baboons. Well then. I don't see any baboons. I was over here looking at this art exhibit. What's going on over here? <sighs> but if it was me sneaking away, slightly scathed, while all the rest of the contamination and radiation buckets splashed on others, and I just got a little on my shoes, although I do like these shoes, that's too bad. Yeah, that was me. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of those because <sighs> when you get right down to it, I know that you can't hurt people. And that's where things would start. I wouldn't even want to hurt you by disappointing you slightly. So then I would cover that up Oh, I don't want you to know this. Or, ooh, I didn't want you to hear that. And pretty soon there'd be enough not me, even with the people who I liked and were in my life, because I was so afraid that one thing wrong <sighs> could be enough to push away. Hey, I'm going to pause real quick. Alright, I said I was going to be more short form, and I'm going to lose it big time right now, so I'm just going to sign off and tell y'all I love you. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, <clears throat> it's been maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds, but I did lose it big time, and, uh, uh alright, this is the, this is the wound that hurts the most, and it doesn't hurt because of me. It hurts because, I'm, I'm sure it hurts y'all right now because there's some huge truck that just rolled by. 
yes, I have my front door open because between me and my front door, which I can't see the front door, but I can see the light coming in the front door, is my cat with her big scabby wound. And uh, she doesn't go outside very often. But she's been tempted because it's 77 degrees on, um, what is today, the 3rd of March at 1.36 p.m. She is tempting herself to have the courage to step outside that door. But whatever night she stepped outside that door and got that big scabby wound, whoever decided to, to try to kill my cat, well, I get why she don't want to go out there anymore. And, uh, and before that night, I would not see her for days sometimes. She, as a matter of fact, the day I brought her home, had her in the house, got a couple pictures of her. She was around for like a couple hours. And at one point I went to the garage, <clears throat> pardon me. At one point I went to the garage, uh, and had left the back door open. And we're talking maybe a four minute excursion and, uh, came back in, shut the door, blah, blah, blah. A couple hours later, I can't find her. Like I start looking for her because she hasn't shown herself. Um, and I cannot find her, can't find her. Uh, and I think, okay, I don't have that big a house and I'm thinking, okay, a cat can get into some places. There's one story I will likely never tell, but a cat can get into some places. So I'm not panicking, but I start thinking she must be outside. She must be outside. I mean, I haven't heard her. I'm opening cat food cans, you know, doing all my tricks. Well, after a brief look in the garage, you know, uh, you know, shouting kitty, kitty, kitty outside, nothing. I cannot find her. Uh, so the next day I do what anybody who just adopted a cat the day before and can't find it does and put up lost cat signs and, uh, no response, no response. Another day, no response, cannot find her. And I'm like, well, at least she was free. I adopted a cat on free cat day. And, uh, and wait, I'm getting a call. Scam likely. I hope that didn't end my recording, you scammers. Um, okay. I don't even know if I'm still recording. Um, because the phone is ringing, I think I might not be recording, so I'm just going to talk like uh, I'm keeping the recording going because I want my phone to stop letting a scam call interrupt this process of actually trying to have a moment of real life instead of being solicited by somebody I don't want to talk to. Alright, looks like maybe I did record all that. So, Hello, scammers. Actually, you might be the people for whom I have the hardest time forgiving and understanding. <sighs> but I'll be kind to you by not answering my phone. That's as kind as you're going to get. Uh, and now that you've taken me off my train of thought. Um, so, on Free Cat Day... She was the feistiest cat that nobody had selected at the end of Free Cat Day. Think about that. It's Free Cat Day. They're all out there. Every single cat they got. And, uh, and so by the time I come rolling through looking for the one that is 
pissed off the most. Oh boy, was she ever self-identified sitting up on this cat like platform thing looking ferocious. So I asked to see her and what's her first move? <laughs> she slaps me with her claws. I'm like, I'll take it. And the girl even looked at me like this one. Yeah, I'll take it. And, uh, so, you know, you get that cat home and you got to give it some fucking breathing room, right? You can't just expect it to be all over you because you opened a can of cat food. So I'm still not all that worried on day three. But at this point, I start thinking, well, if she, if she went out in the first couple hours, she was here. And, you know, I'm starting to think she could live in the neighborhood. She could be a cat that was from four blocks over. She might, this might be her territory. You know, maybe I just brought that cat home to a real home. Or maybe she has that kind of cat teleportation thing where she's from New Mexico and now she's on her Disney trip there with a, a labradoodle and a, and a pug. Now there's a movie I would go to, Disney. Why don't you make that one? But, um, but much like, well, nothing like, but the only even sort of way a white dude who never had kids and never got married and never even really was stable enough to pay his rent. The only connection I have to what it's like to think, um, I haven't lost that person for the rest of my life was when I opened up the, um, the linen cupboard in the bathroom, which click locks itself shut and who pops out of there but ding dong Frankie hey kitty she crawled into the towels inside the bathroom to go to sleep and I had somehow clunked the door shut now why she slept for three days I can't say if she had meowed at all I never heard it she could have pushed it open obviously she never pooped or peed in there so I think she literally slept for three days because you know what a cat who is as feisty and cantankerous and frankly good at catching mice as this one must be like at the pound? I bet it's rough. I bet she feels like she's got nothing but enemies and people who hate her and that the only way out is to stand up for herself and not ask for help. And, uh, and so no matter how far I would let myself do things to cover up, not disappointing others, I always thought, you know, it'll just take one thing, one thing, and then it'll all fall apart. And... Boy, if I was ever wrong about anything in life, it was that. We are so not the one single thing that we want to judge ourselves by, good or bad. It doesn't matter. You know what the worst part about achieving something that's supposed to be the pinnacle of life is? That it doesn't hold up. Ask anybody who's won the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the best moment of their life. I guarantee it. But you know what else it is? It's gone. And it'll never be that good again. And they know it. Now, unfortunately, they're wrong. 
they don't understand that it's only good by the measuring sticks that we're being, getting measured by in this silly society. You know how broken you feel the world is? Well, you just achieved a pinnacle achievement inside a broken world. It's supposed to have fulfilled you, and it didn't. Because this world can't fulfill you. Unless you stop letting this world tell you how to be fulfilled, you won't win. You'll only have moments that you were supposed to be winning that feel somehow you must have been the one who didn't fully engage it. Because it shouldn't have left you feeling still empty. That's not fair. You won the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not fair. I lived inside that box forever. I didn't even pull myself out of that box. I should be the guy at the bottom of that box looking up at everybody else going, what's that dude doing in here? He won the Super Bowl. And I have no idea where I got the the bandwidth to look outside myself enough to see how wrong most of the standards I was measuring myself against were. They were just flat out wrong. But I, I don't know if that's just coincidental because we all kind of dumb read our way to this point. I hope that's it. I hope nobody is manipulating the simulation in a way to put us in this conundrum of metaphysical reality because it is shockingly weird to be here and not be able to find a way to feel fulfilled. That's so not fair. Don't make me experience a 3D universe where I can manipulate all the matter and energy in it and not be fulfilled. What kind of fucking God is that? Well, so for once in my life, once I understood the patterns, I had to have what they call faith, which I do not have any of, especially in myself. But I have a shit ton of faith in the rest of you. I believe in all of you, especially over me, because nobody has done less in this world with more opportunities to do something than me. Nobody. <sighs> Not even whoever hurt my cat. <sighs> and uh, that's not, you know, it's not something I say with the reflection of the wisdom gained from all that life lived poorly and now I'm at least running this foundational ministry for those who are in need? No. I'm walking to my garage looking to see if I can find my lighter because the one I got in the house I know is dead because when I paused I took a bong hit but my lighter wouldn't light so you know what I'm doing? Nothing. I'm doing nothing. And, uh, and I understand that but I knew that that once it's weird, because about two years ago, I had a dream that I can only call the only real fortune-telling experience of my life. And I was given, when I lived in New Hampshire for a year, 
the nice women I worked with gave me a free uh, session with a psychic because they all went to this psychic. And I have to admit, I went in there as anybody would thinking this will be entertaining, but the dumbest experience of my life. And, uh, and it was, except for two things huh, that have stood out to me all my life. First, she completely nailed the day I lost my virginity because it was a very specific day and she even said it to me at, right off the bat. That one was shocking. But that was the only thing she really got right, though from there she did get a couple other things right that I infer she gleaned from me, including my mom's exact name. But the only moment that I carried with me, because it was a true forecast, was this statement. She said, you will figure out what you want to do with your life early in life. But you will not try to do what you want to do with your life until I got to pause. Okay, I do not know why this sentiment makes me want to lose it. But her exact statement was, you will know what you want to do early in your life. You will not try to do what you want to do in your life until you are 42. And you will not do well until you try it again at 52. And you will have enormous success. <sighs> and uh, <sighs> <sighs> through all of what I would consider failure personally doing less with more well when that guy oh, I don't want to cry this isn't weak Hey, peeps. Ah. Ah. I'm definitely a better guy around dogs. Ah. When that guy has ah, in the back of his mind, well, I'm not 52 yet. Sometimes it helps me if I just smash my hand against my eyes. Like I shut them, shut them down, you know. Start thinking clear and stop being so emotional. Oh. Well, when that guy's 52, he doesn't have any choices left. This is the year. Ah. This is the year that Donna's 
son. Whew. Lost his virginity. <sighs> the week before he left for college. <sighs> Has to get his shit together. Because <sighs> that's what the psychic told me was going to happen. <laughs> oh, it's so much nonsense to feel like anything that you're measuring yourself against uh, is something other than whether or not you're doing what you came here to do. All I ever had to do was come here and be understanding through kindness and forgiving of people who had fallen to their weaknesses. Nobody knows what that's like more than me. So, once I could forgive myself for being not an A-plus performer at every possible instance, well, I knew all of you felt just as bad about that as I did. And none of us deserve that. Because it's not a measuring stick that matters. Because the only thing that matters is what you're about to do. It's the only moment we have. It's this moment right here. And I kept giving those moments away for no good reason. Because I thought I was unworthy. You know? No, I'm not. None of us are. And I didn't understand that. I don't know why. I don't know why I had to learn it the hardest possible way. I don't know why that psychic couldn't have made those dates 28 and 38, but she didn't. I'm sorry for sniffling. <sighs> I was going to pause and finally compose myself, but instead I'm just going <sighs> to... First of all, don't mean to... Obviously, none of this is scripted. I don't know what I'm going to say. And that's another thing. Yeah, last time I had some notes. Because for the first time ever, I think I subconsciously knew I needed to have a realization that somebody might actually listen to this. And if you are, thank you. <sighs> You've endured a lot of my crap. And I really needed you to hear it. Huh. <sighs> I don't know why. I was always so hamstrung by just admitting who I am. It always felt like if I really opened up, people would run away. And I'm sure a lot of you are. I would. Listen, if crazy shows itself, that's a good time to think, I don't need this. <sighs> I never wanted to hurt anybody. I never wanted to be less than absolutely the greatest I could possibly be. And I never was up to that standard. And I think that one is self-imposed. I don't think we all get that message. I know there are way too many of you out there okay with bopping around in life and having a few mistakes and not holding yourself up to the standard that that's not okay. I had to learn that. 
that wasn't something that came naturally. I also had to learn that blowing my nose matters, so I will pause to do that before I finish up. <sighs> Unpause. Okay. I blew my nose, and I went to get the chocolate milk, so lessons learned. Add bring chocolate milk to the list of things I need to do before I get on. So that I'm not quite so emotionally verklempt in the moment of trying to uh, thank you. If you're willing to listen while I work out why I was such a pro at beating myself up, thinking I was not doing my best, but always wondering what catalyst do you need to ensure that you don't fail again the next time you are reevaluating. Oh, you say I will continue to lose if I use the measuring stick by where I'm judging if I've won or lost? I hadn't thought of that. <sighs> well, that's what the camel lioness has finally banged into my head. And I say that because they used to slap me upside the head in my dreams, but that was always when I'd go, oh, that's what you meant. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about some seriously sweet-ass symbolism that my subconscious played a prank on me? That my literal dream figurines that I was intrigued as to how they were so goddamn wise would have to slap me upside my head so I could gain the wisdom that they had? Well, yes, that's how it worked. <laughs> and more than once. And those would be the dreams where I'd wake up feeling like, ah, did I really have that camel dream again? What the hell are those things? Why was I in that cave? Why is the light always the same? And weird. <sighs> but, then my day would go great. And I wouldn't even realize till a month or so later that my day was going great because I had stopped being some way, or I had started being another way. Not because I intended to, not because I had even stumbled into a pattern of behavior that just consistently happened and was working out for me. No, I realized things like, God, I haven't lied in a month that I can even think of. And I could think of seven lies this morning, most of my life. So that one was a huge one. A huge one. Still is. And listen to me. I'm still flabbergasted that I can say. I cannot tell. Uh, actually, I can't tell you. I, I, uh, I have one shenanigan I have to clean up. But that is the best report card I've ever had regarding could I have done better. And I'm not sure I could have done better here. I just know that I cannot let this one flitter off because then it will never have been resolved that it was there in the first place. And so it has to be identified because there's a reason that I kept this quiet. This long is insecurity. But initial maneuver was out of betterment for a situation. That's it though. And you get one maneuver like that because you can't come into a situation, no matter how important your immediate circumstance is to yourself, 
and it could be the most important thing that your life will ever give you to deal with, there might be something bigger going on. And if you can't realize that, well, then you have lost your frickin' humanity. Because then you do think you're more important than the rest of us. Your life is your life, and you're the only one who's going to get to live it as the starring main feature actor every single moment of it. So we all get that it is the single most important thing that will ever happen to you. That's the ego. And of course, you can't get rid of it. But you have to identify it. And know when you're letting it get out of control. That is what all of us need from you. To not walk in the room, no matter how vital whatever you got going on is, and think that the room can't be having an experience that's bigger. Because the collection of us matter more than whatever one single thing you're doing is, no matter if it is the most important thing that's going to happen in your life. And that's what having a sense of humanity is. Now, most of the time, the single greatest, biggest thing that's going to happen in your life is going to happen with other people involved, for sure. But it's also going to happen in a way that is organic. You're not going to be running in the room to tell us something while we're all deciding what to do about the fact that the pole shift is happening. But if we don't come together as a collective, as people who can see that maybe one thing we should all be doing is deciding if we have our attention on the right disco ball. Well, that's how I started to understand life. That the only way I could rebuild a framework whereby I could judge myself in a 3D universe in a way that would leave me a path to fulfillment and being content was to stop caring about that guy and know that he is part of something bigger. And that is all of us. I had lost track of that. I might not have even have known to, to lose it. I might not have known it. I might have always thought I was the most important goddamn thing going on around here. And in my head, I am. I'll never be able to fully come clean of thinking I matter most. And in my day, I do matter most. But that's as far as it goes. So if you've gotten to this point, well, at least you're sharing my, my 52-year cycle of stupidity that wheeled its way around to a balance in life I think I last had as about a seven-year-old or maybe even a five-year-old when I was curious about the world thought everybody I met was freaking cool and couldn't wait to have my next experience once that little bubble of simplicity started getting more pokes and blob 
and all kinds of stupid additions that were unnecessary I could find and be told to put in place by others. Well, I just kept getting further and further away from thinking there was a way to feel fulfilled and happy in this life. <laughs> I'll bet I'm talking to a lot of people who can relate. Well, not a lot, maybe in two. And I'm not I'm just imagining three people might listen to this. Does the cat and the dog count? Do I count? That's three right there. We are people. People are people. They are not felines. Okay, we are not people. But we are three unlikely. If there is ever a Disney movie, damn it. The scabby cat, the dog that can't get on the bed, and the guy who can't talk for an hour without crying would probably not make the cut. So, here you go, Hollywood. Here's proof that, yes, your superhero scripts, those are the winners. Because nobody would listen to this kind of shit, right? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I have to listen to it because I listen to all this stuff. And then I go apologize for all the mistakes I made here. But I believe you'll forgive me. I think maybe, maybe you will even understand a little bit. But, gotta be kind. Gotta be kind.